0: What is it you want? Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market.
1: I have died and gone to real estate heaven.
0: Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results.
2: I'm going to go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman.
0: Thank you for joining us for the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Miss Shannon, giving you all the information on what's going on here in the market and how you can get your mortgage dreams taken care of. Our puzzle solver, Phil Olson from Amec Home Loans is with us. Hey, Phil.
2: Yo. Hey.
0: So I know that you are out there solving puzzles throughout the week, and so we appreciate you coming in and giving oh us some more gosh, information Oh my gosh. It's
2: been crazy. Has it been? Oh my gosh. Well, I know
0: we had talked before about the fact that pretty much... The spring market hits the minute the Super Bowl is done. So has it really heated up for you guys and the rest of the people in your industry the minute we got through that?
2: Actually, I wanted to bring it even up in my market update. Yes. We're, we're in the spring market right now. It definitely. happened about three weeks ago. Okay. And my my phones are just blowing up. but All That's right. that's good thing. Yeah. Well, wonderful. I'm getting to help a lot of people.
0: I like keeping you busy. But you know, it keeps you I, out I of trouble. Being, right, Phil? It keeps me
2: <laughs> definitely out of trouble.
0: Well, let's start with your MLS numbers, please.
2: MLS two three eight one zero three branch nine two eight eight five nine zero and company MLS one five zero nine five three.
0: So we're going to talk about a lot of different financing programs that are out there, right today. But let's start with that Muck Market update. You're saying the market's super hot right
2: now. Super hot. hot. Okay. Rates, believe it or not, I quoted a three percent rate for a client on a fifteen year fixed wow. here this week, and that okay. was a rate and term. We dropped their rate by over 2.5%.
0: And we've made comments before about a lot of us that back in the day had those 7%. We're like, that's the lowest it's ever going to be. And now look where we're living.
2: And my father had 13.5% as a veteran back in the 1970s.
0: My heavens. All right. Mm-hmm. And he got the
2: best rate. And that was 13.5%. Mm-hmm. We're spoiled. Yes. Sorry to say. <laughs> we're spoiled. All so right. if you
0: think it's hard, it's not hard. Mm-hmm. Why
2: have rates dropped in the last two weeks? What do you think going on? It's all related to the coronavirus. Oh.
0: It's causing
2: mm-hmm. some jitteriness on the stock market and the bond market. All right. Do I think this is going to become a big issue in the United States? No. Okay. But what is it affecting right now? It's affecting supply lines between China and other countries right. in the U.S. So we've got a lot of businesses out there right now that, where their inventory levels are going down. And yes, it will affect our economy. How much? We don't I, know yet. We don't know yet. Yeah. All right. Uh, but all right, so spring market started. Mm-hmm. there's seven buyers for every one house that's coming on the market between 150 and four hundred thousand. right. So there's a lot of competition out mm-hmm. there. And a part of our show today, we're going to talk about a bridge loan. okay, okay, And how can you buy a house as a non-contingent buyer? without selling your home first okay all right and it's really really important this is a product that can help a lot of clients out there that are thinking well I want to buy a house right but how long is it going to take my house to sell right and then secondly will the sellers accept my offer as an as me being contingent upon selling the, selling the other property? Fair enough. That's that's a problem. Right. All right. But we're gonna we're gonna overcome that. In but today's probably show. something
0: that a lot of people want to discuss with you because you don't want to feel that uncertainty of what if I can't sell my home? You Correct. Know, what if it's sitting on the market? What if I'm the one person that even though we're saying that these are there's usually multiple offers and all these things around? What if I'm the one person that it doesn't work for? That's got to be very frustrating it for is people. and Scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if
2: if consumers have a realistic expectation and they've got a really good real estate agent. That real estate agent is helping them determine what are the things you need to do to this home to make it marketable, to make it sell quickly, and is it priced right?
0: Right. All right.
2: Now, if you've got a home that's extremely unique, then guess what? You might have a problem in this Mm. market. All right. And unfortunately, if your house is unique, you're not changing that overnight, unfortunately. Um,
0: If you have the Wolf House in Northeast Minneapolis, you need a Wolf House buyer. Yep. Okay. The housing
2: market is extremely robust. And I brought some statistics here with me. Okay. That'll kind of blow you away. Since 2012, housing prices in Minnesota have gone up 54%. Wow. 54%. The median income or median house price sale is 239900 Now, that's in Minnesota.
0: Okay.
2: Twin Cities, it's 266000 So for those clients out there that are going, hey, I want to buy a house for $200,000. we have talked about it in past shows. That might be an unrealistic expectation right. unless you're willing to wait a long time or unless you're willing to buy, say, a townhome, townhome or a condo. Okay. Now, we'll find those lower price points in a townhome or a condo. But for those folks that are saying, well, I've got a dog and I want a backyard, we're gonna have to probably step it up a bit. Cause that's
0: not really the price point that's available.
2: It is not available. Gotcha. Unless you're willing to go north, south, or west. Okay, excuse me. East into Wisconsin,
0: so definitely not the Twin Cities metro area. So we're saying. So if we get a little farther out, Correct. if you're willing to maybe go that forty-five minute, you know, you know, fifty-five minute drive, then you could find it in that price point.
2: Correct. Gotcha. Now, next statistic: median rent price in Minnesota.
0: Sixteen
2: hundred dollars.
0: Wow. Okay.
2: That is the average rent price. Now, a sixteen hundred dollar mortgage payment. All right, mm-hmm. or a sixteen hundred dollar rent. You can get a $1600 home for probably about 220 to 230,000.
0: Okay.
2: Now is that is that feasible? Yeah, it is feasible. Mm-hmm. It might be a town home, it might be a condo. Then again, depending But if you're
0: de- renting a lot of times, it might be an apartment.
2: Correct. Okay, fair All enough. right. Another big one. People always ask me, so what's the health of the housing market?
0: Okay.
2: It's extremely healthy. How do you measure that? Well, you measure it Less than 1% of Minnesota homes are delinquent right now on their mortgage. Less than 1%, meaning delinquent. We're not talking foreclosure. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Less than 1% are delinquent, be it 30 days, 60 days, or 90 days.
0: Which is a big difference from what we had like 12 years ago when everybody was seemed like they were in that foreclosure boat.
2: Well, I mean, you can look at some other statistics nationwide or even Mm Minnesota-wide. Lowest unemployment rate for all ethnic backgrounds across the United States. Right. What does that mean? People are making more money. Right. All right. Uh, As far as income going up, low to middle class incomes are going up at a higher price, at a higher amount than the wealthy right now in the United States. Okay. So what does that mean? People have more money. They don't want to pay the rent anymore. Mm -hmm. They want to buy a house. And that's why we have this housing shortage right now.
0: Gotcha.
2: And do you think it's going to go away? Not no. as long as the economy is doing well. Mm-hmm. This is this is not going away. All right. So. Got a story of the week.
0: Before we get to that, I want to remind everybody real quick that we do encourage them to be part of the Red Hot Real Estate Show. They can always call. They have a question they'd like to hit you up with today. We encourage them to call at 651-641-1071. They might be your next story of the week. So that's 651.
2: I would would love tons of calls because (laughs) remember, I'm donating $25 for the full year to the American Cancer Society.
0: Right. So you can make sure you do that. So again, the number is 651-641-1071. So what's your story, Phil?
2: Story of the week. Client calls me, says, we found the house we want to buy. It's $400,000, but we don't have the down payment. Gotcha. If so was that
0: for a conventional? Like how That, much? Was, that okay. was a
2: conventional loan. Yes. And I started asking questions, and I found out that they had a lot of equity in their home. Okay. And I said, have you ever heard of what's called a bridge loan? And they go, no, what is it? Well, a bridge loan is a way for me to do a loan against your primary residence, second home, or investment property, okay. property pull out equity, and now we're going to use that equity for your down payment. Okay. And then, oh, by the way, the client qualifies to be a non-contingent offer, meaning when they make this offer to these sellers, they don't have to tell the sellers, we have a house to sell. No, I'm qualifying them with both properties. Okay. But the problem was they wanted to put down 20% down. Yes. Well, guess what? Their home was only worth, their home owed was about $130,000. Okay. Their house value was $330,000. I'm doing a $100,000 home equity loan or a bridge loan for them. Okay. We're going to use that money as our down payment. We're going to use that money for their closing costs. Okay. And now. They have the money for the down payment, and they're happy, happy, happy.
0: Okay. So how could that work out for them? Like, how do I know if I'm that person when I'm talking to you?
2: The key, and we'll talk about this in the next segment, Mm -hmm. is there some specific guidelines you have to be able to follow in order to be qualified for such a program? Okay. But the key here is, does the consumer have a lot of equity? Right. Now, what's the equation for that consumer to determine equity? Payoff. Mm-hmm minus fair market value. Okay. So if they owe 150 and their house value is 150, they have no equity.
0: Fair enough. Mm
2: -hmm. Their house, they owe 150, their house is worth 450, they have $300,000 in equity, which means we, if they qualify, Mm -hmm. we tap into that equity, we do this as a simultaneous transaction. So I do this home equity loan, Yes. Then I do their mortgage for them buying their other home. Right. I have the home equity done in about five to seven days, well before the closing that's 30 or 45 days out. Right. We take the money from this new line of credit. We dump it into our checking account. And there you go. We've okay. got the money for the down payment. Now, what is a bridge loan? It is temporary or what's called short-term loan financing. Okay. This is not something we're going to keep long term. No. Matter of fact, the idea here is we're going to buy our house, mm-hmm. then we're going to move into our house, and now we're going to stage our house, get everything done on our house, and now we're going to put it on the market and we're going to sell it. Gotcha. So, how long are we going to keep this other loan? Just a few months.
0: Mm-hmm. Just until we get the mother one, the our regular our other home sold. Correct. Fair enough. Gotcha. See, look at you solving puzzles over there.
2: Oh, it's it's fun. All
0: right. Well, we're going to have some more information on that when we get back. We're also taking your calls. You can be part of the Red Hot Real Estate Show. It's easy. Call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back with Phil Olson. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on MyTalk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. Always make sure you hit up our Red Hot Real Estate Show page. You just go ahead and use the keyword Red Hot and you get all this information. We started with some great statistics from Phil. And now we're going to talk about some creative ways that you could do some different financing that are out there. There are lots of ways to get things done, right, when we're doing these, these processes.
2: The one thing people need to understand is Amic Home Loans probably has most firepower of any lender here in the state. Wow, We've got so many different programs, we have so many different lenders, and every lender is different, and every program is different. And sometimes we're able to mix and match for the consumer. Like this one consumer I was telling you about the story of the week, Yes. well, they called their credit union, and their credit union didn't do a bridge loan. Mm. Okay, well, guess what? I can do the bridge loan, I can do the construction loan, I can do the end loan, I can, you name it, right. I can do it. Mm-hmm. All right. Which then gives your consumer that much more confidence. They're not having to deal with multiple parties, multiple right. lenders, because he thought he was going to have to go find a lender for the bridge loan. Okay. And then use the credit union. And, oh, I, okay. and I said, basically, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the, the, other and the other one. And he goes, oh my gosh, that's so much more convenient for me mm-hmm. and easier because now you don't have to worry about double underwriting. Okay. Because we're going to underwrite both.
0: Oh, okay. Which, I mean, it's already such a cumbersome process of the, the things that you have to collect When you are going through that process and what your underwriter is going to ask, I would rather not have to come up with that for two different sets of people either.
2: Well, (laughs) it really depends how much documentation we're going to have is really dependent on the consumer's story. Okay. And if they've got skeletons in the closet, unfortunately, Uh, those skeletons come out and we're going to have to get more documentation. Mm -hmm. But your standard consumer is really only going to provide one year's tax return, maybe. Okay. One year's W-2, if they've been in a long-term job, be it W-2'd or their salary or their hourly. Okay. Two bank statements, paycheck stubs for the last 30 days. Right. And guess what? A driver's license. Okay. Okay. Is that is that a lot of documentation?
0: No, I'm probably just talking about me. I'm the one that's complicated. <laughs> so yeah, self-employed, about those we self-employed taught, people we, we take a lot more paperwork. There's a lot more paperwork
2: <laughs> with self-employed borrowers, but
0: you do get it done. You do get it done. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: So let's get back to this creative. Well, Phil,
0: before we do that, can we go to the phones? Is that okay with you? Oh, I'd love to. Sure. So let's start with Susan. Thank you very much for calling the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Susan, did you have a question on rates for our friend Phil?
1: I did. Okay. What's going on, Susan? Um, I am retirement age. Okay. I'm on social security disability. Uh Uh-huh. I have a lot of equity in my home. Okay. I would like to downsize so that I can stay in a home. Okay. Because I have a lot of stairs in my home. Um, but I find that whether it be renting or purchasing, uh, it's cheaper for me to stay in my home, my current home. Okay. But I would like to access the equity without having to pay more back into my house again. Um,
2: You could do that with what's called a reverse mortgage. All right. And a reverse mortgage allows you to tap into your equity without having any future payments going forward.
1: Correct. But don't you end up adding uh, about $15,000 to the end of your mortgage?
2: Believe it or not, what ends up happening is your mortgage would actually go up okay, uh, on a month-to-month basis until you had no further equity in the home. That's the only way to tap into equity without actually having to qualify for it or having a a mortgage payment go up for it. I would love to be able to talk to you about the pros and the cons. There are many pros and there are cons to it. And uh, ultimately, it's up to you to decide. But maybe... Also, you could look at maybe selling your home, using all that equity, getting a home that's going to fit your needs better, and then we tailor your mortgage based on the amount of equity you have and what you could afford as far as a monthly mortgage payment.
1: Okay. Uh, I have understood that people on disability don't typically qualify.
2: That's not true at all. Your your social security income, your disability income can be used towards qualifying. All right. You still have to meet the same standards as any other person that has a job. Those are both considered jobs and they're both considered income that's likely to continue for longer than three years. And as long as your income is likely to continue for longer than three years, it really comes down to what are your debt to income ratios?
1: Good. Okay. Well,
0: thanks, Susan. Thank you very much. You're very, very welcome. I would
2: love to speak with you further.
0: Definitely.
1: I would also. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
2: You're welcome.
0: And I think that that's always part of, that's a great example of where you're like, there are reasons why we have follow-up questions and that everybody's scenario is different. And that's why a lot of times we encourage people to talk to a full-service broker like you that can go, here's all the different pieces that we work it together versus somebody else goes, here's the one way that we can get this done. And if you don't fit in that box, we can't help you.
2: Correct. Matter of fact, I I had a client that called me here, oh, was it two weeks ago? They Mm -hmm. were 85 years old. And Mm -hmm. they said, well, I'm too old to get a home loan. I won't get approved. And I go, ma'am, there's no such thing as as discrimination, age discrimination in our industry. Mm -hmm. As long as you can qualify for a home, you can still buy a home, downsize, whatever.
0: And it's got to be an interesting process. I know I, I it's always interesting when I watch you get all jazzed up about these whole things, because a lot of times, you know, we get to use the word when we're discussing these things, creative. Like the fact that you're saying, oh, and I bet you that people are probably surprised that your job is something that gets to use words like creative in the titles of things.
2: I, I, I love we call it a puzzle, being mm-hmm. creative. Every every consumer I work with. And why do I get jazzed up? Because mm-hmm. everybody's life is different. Right. So every day I go into work, mm-hmm. all right, my life is different every day because I'm dealing with different people, di- different situations, different goals, wants, needs, or tragedies mm-hmm. that they've had. Yes. And my job is to look at all their information and pick up the pieces and ask, how can I put this puzzle together to where it makes sense for the consumer.
0: Well, if you have a question, you can call us at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. You can talk to our friend Phil Olson from Amec Home Loans. So let's go back. Do you want to go back to talking about those bridge loans and those creative just, just seconds? Just a little bit, okay. okay?
2: So you really got two types of loans, okay? Okay. One is a bridge loan mm-hmm. or one is a home equity loan.
0: Okay. Your
2: standard bridge loan, okay, might be a little bit more expensive to originate, okay. be it in closing costs. And what are we talking? Maybe a thousand to fifteen hundred. Okay, your home equity loan, okay, is cheaper. Okay, it may only cost you three hundred to five hundred. Now, some people might go, "Well, why wouldn't I just go with a home equity loan versus a the bridge, bridge loan? loan?" The bridge loan is a fixed rate. Okay, okay. both products are interest only products because they're considered temporary, short term. Okay, so you are only going to make payments on the interest only piece on both of those loans. The major difference is, is your home equity loan is an adjustable rate mortgage, okay? which means, and it's not dictated by the bank or the servicer or the lender. It's dictated by the Federal Reserve. Okay. So every month that the Federal Reserve meets the board or quarterly, and they decide to raise the prime rate, that interest rate can go up. The other piece with a home equity loan is there's no cap. Okay. Meaning, you know, ten years from now, that interest rate could be seventeen percent. Okay, and it started at four percent. Right now, that would be that would be a huge climb. Right, all right. I don't foresee that happening, but there for some folks, they want to take all risk off the table. So go with the bridge loan. There's you know no,
0: up front what the costs are going to be. Correct. You can back into them right. You know, very correct. easily. Okay.
2: Secondly, bridge loans don't have a prepayment penalty. Whereas okay. a home equity loan may have a prepayment penalty, meaning if you pay it off too soon, you owe us five hundred dollars. So it so, might
0: they you know with the bridge loan, maybe you pay for it all up front. With a home equity, you might end up paying the same amount.
2: Correct. Okay. Now, got it. Now I'm gonna take it to another level. Client doesn't want an interest only loan. Okay. Well, I have the ability to do a five year, a 10 year, a 15 year, or a 20 year fixed rate mortgage. All right. But your payment's going to be higher based on the term, all right? And people always go, so where are rates with those products? I'm just going to give you a range, okay? Uh, And the range I'm going to tell you would be 3.98% to 6.99%. Now, how is that determined? Okay. On all the products I just talked about right now, it's determined based on loan-to-value. So, in other words, if we... Oh, 50% loan to value. Yes. And we're needing 20%. Let's say the house is worth 300,000. Yes. We're going to do 60,000. Okay. We're now at 70% loan to value. That is where you're always going to get your cheapest interest rate. Okay. Below 70%. With the understanding, I can go as high as 90%. Now, as we go higher, what happens to rate? Goes up. Goes up. Okay. Next piece of the puzzle. What's your credit score? Credit scores start from 660 Mm -hmm. to 850. Now, I've never seen an 850 in my whole life. (laughs) Okay, Highest score I've ever seen was 837. Okay. All right. But at the lower credit score limits, you're going to have a higher rate. Okay. That's why I'm giving you a range. Mm -hmm. 3.89% best to what would be the worst, 6.99.
0: Now tell me again, the kind of mortgage that we're talking about, what do we call it?
2: It's called a bridge loan.
0: Okay. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. In studio today from Amic Home Loans, Phil Olson has been walking us through some good ways to like transition into some investor properties. And for people, especially if you were like, oh, I don't think that that counts? How do I do that? You're going, no, no, no. This is for you. This is a good way for you to actually get to financial freedom and make those next steps.
2: It's a way for you to be an investor with very little down. Right. As long as you're going to live in one of the units. Right. And what better way to become a first time investor than actually owning two units or three units living in one? That way you can be making sure that everything is being done Buy your renters correctly. You get to
0: watch your property. You
2: get to watch your property. Mm -hmm. So let's let's talk about tips of an owning investment properties. And these tips, you're not going to find out on the internet. Okay. They're Phil Olson's tips. Because I've owned many investment properties. Yes, Phil. And I've had challenges. Mm -hmm. And guess what? I've worked with hundreds of investors. And I've heard all their nightmare stories. All
0: those pitfalls that happen. So Mm -hmm.
2: first thing I'm going to tell you if you don't have a strong stomach to be an investor don't do it
0: okay now what do you mean by that
2: so a strong stomach you need you cannot go into the transaction thinking that it's going to be easy and that you don't need to do anything right you need to understand this is a job yes it is a job mm-hmm. all right your job is to make money yes and if you decide just to just to forget about it and think you're going to make money Stuff happens. Right. And when stuff happens, guess what happens to your money? It goes away. It goes out the window. Yep. All right. So here are some of the tips. As an investor, you should always keep your feet in the water. Okay. What does that mean? That means you are not going to buy every house out there. Mm -hmm. You are to be picky. You don't know when that opportunity is going to come along. Okay. But when it does, you need to be ready to jump.
0: So basically setting yourself up for success. So knowing that I need to have this much money put away, try to maintain your finances and structure in order so that you can jump when you want to
2: keep your credit. Good. Keep your finances. Good. Have your documentation ready at a moment's notice Mm -hmm. and not have to be looking through thousands of boxes to find it. Right. Making sure you've got money in the bank. Make sure you have reserves. Those are important things. Mm -hmm. Keep your finger on the property. Yes. Yes. As a first-time investor, I do not recommend your property being any farther than 20 miles away than your current primary residence.
0: So you can check it out on a regular basis.
2: You should be driving by your property every two weeks. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You look at the outside of your property, and you had a beautiful home, and now it's not starting to look so good? Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? It's probably not looking so good on the inside. Fair enough. All right? Mm -hmm. Next, right into your lease a visitation policy that you have the ability to visit your property every six months with a two week notice. Right. How long does the visit take five to 10 minutes? Just walk through, understand you as the landlord can renew the lease Mm -hmm. or not renew the lease. And if your clients or your renters are not taking care of your asset, right? Your money is going out the window again. All right. Yes. Because when they're gone, You might have to go in and replace the carpets, paint, fix things that have all been broken. Replace
0: a bunch of fixtures, do all these things.
2: As an investor, it's all about cash flow. Am I making money on my investment or am I losing? Buy single-family duplexes, tries and quads. Those are better investments. And I'm not saying you cannot make money with townhomes or condos, but understand with townhome and condos, there's associations Right. There's bylaws. All right. And I've literally seen associations change where they go, We're not gonna allow renters anymore.
0: Ah, uh, fair enough.
2: Well, what so ha- now
0: you don't have an investment
2: anymore. Well, you have guess to sell what? it. You have an investor, you have an investment property, and your renters leave mm. and the bylaws change where you can't have do a new lease to a new person, you now have a property that you can't make money off. Of. Right. So, there are more risks with townhomes and condos, less risks with single family, duplexes, tries, and quads. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Next, set up a rental bank account. Okay. Do not commingle your funds from your rental property into your personal property.
0: Now, why do you not suggest people do that?
2: Well, how are you able to show a banker that you're making money on your property? Okay. You co-mingle your funds from your rental, you co-mingle it with your personal, and next thing you know, oh, we want to buy a truck. Oh, we got 40000 in the bank account. Well, guess what? 10000 of that was for your rental property in case it needed, it is, let's say we have to do an eviction. Yes. Do you think that's cheap?
0: No. No. Mm-hmm. Or
2: what happens if we need to replace, the roof gets hit by, it is a lightning bolt, okay. and we have to replace the roof. And we have a deductible of $2,000. That's why we don't ever commingle funds. Okay. Next, we should always put our rental properties into an LLC. Gotcha. Why do we do that? We reduce the liability to you, the owner of that property. You don't put your rental property in a limited liability corporation Mm -hmm. and you get sued Not only can they sue you, but now they can sue you personally. Right. And now they can go after your personal assets.
0: Now, Phil, I think you had this in here before and you were talking about, well, a lot of times you'll qualify individually, but then after you buy this investment property, you would roll it into an LLC. You would actually roll it.
2: You would talk with an attorney and Mm -hmm. you would actually roll it into the LLC just prior to the closing. And there's specific verbiage you have to put into your LLC documents And it will automatically roll from the personal side to... So you can
0: do that before
2: you close. Correct. Fair enough. But you're doing that paper-wise with a lawyer.
0: Ah, gotcha. Okay.
2: All right. Build a network of skilled workers around you. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest mistakes I see is people decide to get into investments and they don't have... A bunch of people around them. They don't that, have a
0: handyman, a plumber, an electrician.
2: Correct, and they don't understand the cost. Lawn
0: maintenance, all of these things that you correct. that you don't always want to do yourself.
2: Correct. Mm-hmm. Another big, I'll say, a mistake. Okay, we're going to buy a property to flip. We're okay. we're buying it for two hundred. We think we're going to put thirty into it, and we're going to sell it for two seventy. Okay. We find out that the mold that we just thought was subsurface, you know, Mm -hmm. on on the property. No, we have to tear out all the drywall. We have to bring it down to the studs. We have to take out the electrical. And that $30,000 project turns into $80,000. And, oh, by the way, we bought it for two We're going to put eighty dollars into it. And the value of it, even after it's fixed, is only worth two seventy. dollars Did we just lose money? Yeah. You have to know. Your property. Okay. You need to have good licensed people around you that can advise you if you don't know that stuff. Next, if you're not numbers oriented, please, please don't do this. Do not get into investment properties. Right. You should know how to be able to put Excel spreadsheets of all your costs and be able to analyze that on a year-to-year basis. You should be able to look at it in the very beginning to determine are you going to cash flow? Right. But you have to have. A realistic mind mm-hmm. anybody can put numbers down and say this house will be worth 400,000 and I only paid for two paid 200 for it but
0: how did you get to the 400 000? how did you
2: get to that 400,000 right. are you using correct data and that's mm-hmm. where using Mimi to help you determine what the fair market value will be of that property when you're done is vitally important to you because you need to know how much do I put in?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: How much will I get out? Right. And as an investor, we only want to put as much in as we need to. Right. To get it to sell at the highest price. Gotcha. Now, another mistake that investors make is the wife is a home decorator and she loves beautiful countertops and the beautiful lights and everything like that. Well, guess what? You can actually over-improve a home. Mm-hmm. So in other words, I put sixty thousand into it, but I'm only going to get thirty thousand out of it. Well, guess what? I just lost thirty thousand. Right. Okay. Understand this is a job, and as an investor, it all begins with plan, plan, plan. Right. Will prevent a poor performance. I've kind of commingled some of the mistakes investors have made, along with what are the things you're supposed to do. Right. Okay. Uh, but investing can be a very rewarding, and if you take a look at statistics in the United States, your most of your billionaires and millionaires are that because right. they've invested in lots of property.
0: And I think it's great that you mentioned that, Phil, because one of my tax advisor friends had said, you know, well, if you can get into an investment property like this, especially what the adverse suggested, that duplex scenario, mm-hmm. that it's basically creating a piggy bank So, you know, don't look at it like you're going to make a ton of money off of this at first, but you're creating a piggy bank that your renter is the one putting the funds into the piggy bank for you.
2: Absolutely. But here's the other thing. Maybe your income is good enough to where you could go, I'm going to take all that renter's money that they pay me every month and I'm going to apply that towards principal. Right. And instead of having a 30-year mortgage, I'm going to get this property paid for in 10 years. So how about that client out there that's 50 years old? Right. Okay. They're, they've never owned a home. Mm-hmm. There's your perfect scenario. They make good enough money. We're gonna roll all that principal or all that equity into paying down the principal and come retirement at 62, the house is free and clear. And they're now, good. Now we're good. Mm-hmm. Now what do we do? Well, we got options. Maybe we sell it. Now you're moving down to Florida, whatever. Or you're buying that cabin up in Northern Minnesota. Right. It all comes back to understanding the numbers what is your short-term goal? What is your long-term goal? And when we talk about investing, there's really two different plans. Yes. Is it short-term or is it long-term? Mortgage financing that I'm going to put together will be built based on what is your short-term goal or your long-term goal. Right. That's why I need to know: Are you a flipper, mm-hmm. or are you a long-term landlord renting out the property? Right. And what is your ultimate goal? What are you trying? Why are you rent? Why are you investing in this? Because there's always an underlying reason that you're doing this.
0: Well, I hope a lot of people will start that route with you so they can get on the road to not only owning a home, but maybe be an investor when they weren't sure if that was something that would be the right road for you. You can talk them through that whole process. Exactly.
2: A lot of people think it's out of reach
0: Mm -hmm. and so it's not. It's something that they can do, and we encourage them, again, to give you a call. What's your number?
2: 651-238-6748.
0: You can also email him, and that is?
2: Phil at callphilolson.com.
0: Thanks for all the information, Phil. We'll see you next time on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Happy Sunday, guys. Make sure you find us, Red Hot Real Estate Show, right here on mytalk1071.com, keyword Red Hot.